I'm gonna be slurping coffee, and I'm the loudest drinker there is. So you are a really loud drinker. I can't actually. help it. I like have like tried to do to be quieter with it. I just maybe my throat is big. I don't know what it is. <laughs> my throat is big. I don't know. I can't. I don't know how to make it quieter. Like I just don't. I swallow loud. Maybe I take big gulps. Should I sip smaller? You, you take you take big gulps. I think that's what it always sounds like when we're playing games or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like even when I take a small sip, it still is like really loud. Yeah. Oh well. It's gotta, fine. It doesn't gotta, pick up when we're doing podcasts. I gotta get my coffee in. Me too. It's early. We're recording early on a Saturday. I've uh I've been up and at him a little bit already. I slayed a Baryoth and Monster Hunter real quick. That oh, was all I did. That is lovely to hear. That yeah. makes me so happy. Playing a lot of that game again, still. Because it's amazing. It's the, it is amazing. It's the game of the year, just so you know. 2019. Again, game it's, of the the ga- year. it's the game of 2020 again. Uh, what What would you say? I had this conversation with Harsh the other day. What, what would you say the your favorite monster is in that? Not like to fight, just specifically like if you had to pick one monster to get like a, to design. get a, to get a figurine to set on your computer desk. Like what would you um, pick? That's a tough one. There's a lot of really cool ones. I think Rathalos is just super cool. Yeah. By itself, uh, mm. I like Nergagante a lot. Um, the the one that got added with Iceborne Glavinus is just a sweet concept. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, like this giant T Rex that has a sword for a tail. Yeah. Hmm. I guess I, I really do like just the dragon eat looking ones. I guess. I think it's, I would. I think I would seems go. Seems to be the theme. I, I think I would go Diablos. Diablos is cool. I yeah. just, I just, I said this is what I told Harsh too. Like, but this is the the one scene in the game where you where you first encounter him. There's like a yeah. wall of sand. It's like a sand waterfall, and it's like falling down. Yeah. And the uh hold on, excuse me. Sorry. Um burping up my uh <laughs> McGriddle that I ate. Um but there's like a wall of sand and your your hunter's like looking at it and then like these two horns just poke through and kind of like stop the sand from falling where the horns are and then he just yeah. like pokes his whole head through and he's just like this mean looking thing. Oh yeah. that's so good. Yeah, that, that is, is a so cool awesome. reveal. A lot of the yeah. reveals in that game are really good. Yeah, they are actually. Yeah, go figure. Still, really like Monster Hunter. They better be good because they make everybody watch them. <laughs> they do. They do make everybody watch. They're like, them, we yeah. put so much effort into these directing these scenes. You better see them. I'd be, I'd be fine if they make you watch just the monster ones and let you skip all the other ones because there's a bunch of other ones that you don't need to watch. Just like storyline stuff. Yeah. 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 The anyway. main the main complaint about that game is that like oh we're here to research these monsters in this world but we're just killing them and that's sad and I feel it, like that complaint is like so stupid. It's but funny whatever. though. It is it's funny. Fu- it is they, it is they, legitimate. Like, like that's I don't. They, they kind revere of like, the hell out of them. They kind of like play at this like fantastical. Oh, we treasure everything and we're right. stewards of the environment and yeah. we're like and they're just slaying everything and we're just murdering a ton of them and chopping up their bodies and using every piece of it to make weapons so we can kill them again and eat them and all this stuff it's hilarious but like uh a a game that's sponsored by PETA would not be fun you know what i'm saying like i I don't know it wouldn't be no offense to any listeners that take offense to that no fuck PETA. (laughs) like uh, 
categorically fuck PETA. Well, I, I don't mean PETA in general. I just mean people oh. that are like animal rights activists. I'm just trying. Oh yeah, that's different. I'm just trying to be inclusive as ever. You know what I mean? It's it's 2019 and it's, it's 2020 <laughs> now, and uh, inclusivity inclusivity is that a word? It's a big thing. It's been a big thing for a couple of years. But yeah, inclusivity is a word. Hey, so, we should introduce ourselves. All right. Uh, I'm Nick, and this is AJ. This is the Whip Punish Games Cast. We got we got a little deep in before we got. Give to me do that. a uh, give me a random fact about yourself that you uh, would like to share with the listeners. A random fact. I I I, I can give them one if you don't have one about you. <laughs> about me? Uh, okay, yeah, give them one about me. Okay, Nick brings to Whiff Punish uh, the best beard. That is his contribution. Yeah, to, I to actually was gonna say this is the first beard I've grown out ever. So so did, so did I really just take your random fact and. Uh, yeah, you pick, you read my mind. Right out of your head. That's pretty. Yeah, impressive. you read my mind. I've been playing lots of magic lately, so maybe that's why. I'm just I just got the the wizard. The yeah, you're you're uh, channeling the planeswalker within you. That's um, what's up. So, but I didn't give my fact. Yeah, what is your fact? I'm AJ, and I was actually the stunt double for Jean Claude Van Damme in the movie Expendables Three. Okay. <laughs> Did you know it's that? It's funny. I did not know that about you. After knowing you for like most of my life, I if did you, not know if that. If you watch the credits, uh, something I that we have talked about that you don't usually do, it'll go. To, <laughs> it'll go to the stunt doubles, and you'll see the name Sebastian Rockabs, and that's my Hollywood alias. How long did you think about this for this? Uh, I literally this just. Beginning? I literally just na- made up the name Sebastian. Sebastian Rock Abs. Well, I made up the, I made up the name Rock Abs, but Sebastian is an alias that I really did have in college when I would go to parties and people didn't know me. I would be like <laughs> I would just introduce myself. I'd be like, "Hey, my name is Sebastian, call me Seabass." <laughs> so that's where I that's got fun. that. And then the random fact thing is like anytime you're at an office setting and they're like, "Oh, we need to stand up and introduce yourself." And Oh god, an icebreaker thing. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I use that I use that I started in as a stunt double. In this movie, every time for every really, yeah. <laughs> so that's why nobody questions you. Does anybody ever believe you? I don't think so. I try to pick okay. things that are obvious. It's obvious that I'm joking. Yeah. Is it not obvious that I'm joking? Are you flattering me right now that I could be the stunt double for? Jean-Claude no, I'm Van like Van totally Dan? serious. I I never knew you were the stunt double. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's good. We're we're running on like a, a year of whiff punish now, and you're still learning about me. I know. Like I've ha- known you, I think, for uh, 17 years or more. Yeah. Too. So it's good. Well, I I haven't I haven't been the stunt double for 17 years, so it's fair <laughs> that you wouldn't know that. That's true. So you mentioned magic. We're gonna do a special episode this this whatever month week. I was about to say week, but that doesn't work. Um, we've been playing a lot of tabletop stuff, a lot. Uh, like even more recently. And um, it's kind of a slow period for video games. I've played two that I want to mention briefly, but for the most part, we're just going to talk about tabletop stuff. So Nick can get his so, yeah. uh, video game stuff out of the way, and if you if you want to listen to that, then stick around. And if not, then yeah, when he's finished, you guys can bounce, and we will not be offended. No, um, though board games are cool, and you should play them, and I've really grown to appreciate them. But anyway, um. Yeah, just briefly, as briefly as I can. I have played two, well, one new game and one old game. Um, I'll start with Frostpunk. 
I thought you were gonna, punk. I thought you were going to start with Yakuza. Uh, well, I sort of mentioned it Yakuza? last episode. Is it Yakuza or Yakuza? Which Yakuza. one is it? Um, I suck. I, I sort of mentioned it last episode, so like I don't need to go too deep on Yakuza. But uh, real quick, Yakuza 0, fucking great. Can't wait to play the rest of them. Um, Everyone, all 17. I really would like to play all of them, but I don't know if I'll be able to do that because three and four are still on like ps2 or something no so. they'll get around to it they've been like they've been they, pumping out that library pretty they mentioned for the last couple that of years yeah they're planning on releasing them so um but yeah i i really really liked yakuza it had an awesome story made me cry super good super well acted on like that was what kept me going through the whole game like i liked the beat-em-up style combat and like there's a lot of side stuff you can do and I, I don't it's know. Kind it's of, just like really cool getting into that world. It's really different. Like just be, just being set in like modern Japan. It's like a Japan cool has thing. the coolest culture. Like it, yeah, I, it really is. I really think yeah. that. I don't know how accurate. I mean, that game's made by Japanese developers, so I don't know how. I'm sure it's relatively accurate to like the Japan experience. Well, even but if it it's is not, really different. Even if it's not like relative to the Japan experience, it just it's influenced by that culture and it comes from that culture, and that's what I mean by saying. Yeah, and like, and ultimately, it was like watching an anime, which is awesome. So, yep, um, yep. gets the yeah. gets the gold star in my book. Would you say that it deserves a golf clap? Yes. Okay. Yes, Yakuza. I really, which really like. Which one did you play? Yakuza Zero. Zero. Okay, so Yakuza Zero with the golf clap to yep. start off the episode. Yep. Wonderful. But Frostpunk, it, I can. This is quick because you haven't played it. And it's a, probably it's a game don't know that, much about it. No, I've I've heard a lot of discussion about it, and I've looked at a, I've looked at a lot of like different things about it. I haven't really okay. had a means to play it because I don't have a PC for PC gaming. But it Guess is what? on Games Pass now, right? Yeah, and it's on console Game Pass. Um, yeah, so that's so cool. I don't I don't I'm sure it's fine on console because it's like it's a strat it's a real time strategy game, but you can pause and make decisions at any second, so it's not like overwhelming or stressful i actually um, i actually watched a guy at work play it at work yeah i i went hard on it um like two week two weeks ago where like i woke up and i was like all right i'm gonna play this game because my game pass is ending soon and it was like one of the last ones i want to play and ended up playing it straight for like six hours it's awesome yeah um grind set Frost, Frostpunk's a it's like a city builder plus a real-time strategy game where it's based entirely on a temperature mechanic where the world has frozen over to an extreme degree and the last vestiges of humanity are like huddling around this uh, random steam engine that's just planted in the ground for some reason and it's super powerful that it can like heat this this tiny area of land and everybody's just trying to like build everything around the steam engine they're trying to you're trying to collect resources and keep the engine going and all throughout the course of the game the temperature will just drop it'll get ridiculously cold at one point in that game it gets down to like negative 120 degrees celsius which is just you couldn't survive that <laughs> Like it, the fact that the game like makes you survive it, it's so funny. But I think Sebastian Rockabs could survive that. Just saying, yeah, pr- probably. It like it just nude too, <laughs> out in without even the steam generator. Probably. Oh yeah, I generate my own heat. Yeah, 
I uh, I really like that game. I think it's uh, I think it's really unique. I I've played a couple RTS games over the course of my life, but not many of them. And I definitely never played a city builder. So like now, I'm way more interested in trying a city builder. Like one of the really good ones is City Skylines. So that's weird to me. Um, I would. What is Civ? That's that's turn based. I guess it's Civ not is turn based. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the difference there. Yeah, and it's a that's a big difference too. Yeah, yeah, I could you, see. There's that. no stress or anything. Yeah, it's, it's not like when you say city builder, does that have to be real time or does that? Uh, I not, well, not that it matters. Semantics of categorizing yeah, games. I, I city builder, I mean, is like making like city skylines is about just making a really efficient functioning city, like having an industrial sector, having waste disposal, having streets that make sense and run and cars are able to drive on them without making traffic jams. Like it gets really deep into that stuff. Um, Frostpunk is like really pared down in terms of a city builder, like where placing your buildings is really important. You have to build roads so people can walk easier between them and don't have to trudge through the snow and get sick. Um, so like, it's like minor, but it's, it's still definitely a city builder. Um, but like the, it being real time, the, the part that's hard is like some, a group of people might be working far away from the town. And then, you know, in the next 10 minutes, there's going to be a cold snap and it's going to drop 40 degrees. Cold snap, like the Sam Adams spear. Yeah. They're just going to get dumped with beer. It kind of (laughs) tastes like feet. I think I don't like Sam Adams. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan either now that we're talking about it. Yeah, no. Sorry to derail you. Keep going with your wonderful frost puck description. I I just liked I just liked the stress of that game. Weirdly, like it yeah. is really stressful. It's really depressing. Um, like extremely depressing. People just die constantly, <laughs> and there's and there's you like you would like a game where people just die constantly. You have to you have to make these decisions. Like the 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 decisions that you make in that game. Like you are an like an overseer. Like you are the ruler of the town, and you have to like choose. Like oh, do it? Do you ins initiate child labor because you need hands doing things and there's not that many bodies to do a work uh yes i absolutely use child labor (laughs) because you have to i don't even know i don't even know how you could be successful in that game without using child labor and then it gets even like darker where like initially the game doesn't let you make them do like very dangerous jobs like they just do minor stuff like help around like a medical bay or they make food or they or whatever but then you can like you can pass a law where they work in like fucking factories and like can just die from working in a factory <laughs> and they can become amputees and stuff it's like really fucked up and um the game wants you to really regret the decisions that you made to yeah keep, i mean it makes you feel terrible alive. yeah yeah, and, and, like, you're managing this meter of, like, hope or discontent so, like, the people can revolt against you and you can lose because you are a bad leader. Um, and if everybody is, dis- like, losing hope, they might not show up to work. And then you have to pass more laws that makes them pissed off. And it's, like, you're managing all this stuff, and it's it's just really cool. Like, I, I just really liked the whole thing. And that's why I ended up playing it six hours straight. Like, I, I just got sucked into, like, okay, I want to see... I got to build this thing and I want to see what happens next. And, oh, are we going to survive this like drop in temperature and like pushing and pulling all of these different like you're 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 spinning so many plates in that game at once. It's kind of crazy. And I failed like three times before I got a game that actually got going and 
and actually worked. Yeah, which like was it, really satisfying. Before you figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So I that is on Game Pass for PC and Xbox, the console. Um, highly recommend it. No idea how the console version is. It's probably fine. I but, uh, I really dig the concept. Uh, it's awesome. It reminds me of um, a movie that came out a couple years ago. Probably a Snowpiercer. Four, yeah, did you see that movie? Yeah. I think that movie's awesome. It's like a, about a, just for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's about like the same thing happened where the climate change of the earth got too cold for mankind to survive. So like the last vestiges of mankind are just living on this train. Yeah. And so there's like this whole class war where... Yeah, I thought that was a cool movie. There's a uh, there's actually a TV show based on it now. I wonder how yeah. it is. Yeah, that's like recent too, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's just coming out or it's out. I don't know. Yeah. I've been seeing previews for it quite a bit. Yeah. Like on USA or TNT or something like that. One of those channels. FX shows, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the director, Boon Jong-ho, maybe. Okay. Don't don't of, quote me on that. Of the movie? Yeah. He's foreign, If in case you didn't <laughs> realize that by the name. Uh, he has one of the best movies of this year, according to, I guess, the internet, which, I don't know, I, I, I don't have that opinion myself is all, that's why I'm clarifying, but, uh, I've heard a lot about a movie called Parasite, have you ever seen anything uh, about oh, that? Oh, that's the same director, I've yeah. heard that's really good. Yeah, yeah. same guy, so, I'm, I'm curious, I'll, I'll probably watch it at some point, but, yeah, just a little cool. mo- mo- movie tidbits for you, you know? Well, it's a good segue into... The other game I played. That was what I was is, trying to do, was lob that alley-oop right to you. Good, good job, and I'm going to dunk it. Uh, nice. Dr. I J? <laughs> I played Kentucky Route Zero. I finished it last night. Uh, that is a game that has been in the works for eight years, seven years, something like that. Uh, it, it was initially billed as an episodic, and it, it is episodic. It was an episodic game. They released... A couple acts in the first like four years, it was a thing, and then nothing until this year. the The last act came out this year. I don't even know where to begin. I was complaining to AJ last night about. I'm still it. confused on how my segue made. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's start there. So Kentucky Route Zero is like it's a point and click adventure game, but not even really an adventure game. That is very surrealist. Uh, it's, it's, and I've learned a new term. It's called magic realism or something. It's like a genre of stuff where, where like it's set in a real world setting. Uh, people, it's just, you know, people, normal people doing normal things in a place that actually exists, AKA Kentucky with a bunch of weird shit happening at the same time. That is kind of just not acknowledged. Uh, and this relates to the movie thing because my my favorite, one of my favorite directors, producers, people in the okay, world. Okay, I got it. I see where is we're David, going. Is David Lynch. Okay, David Lynch. Been been immortalized on the episodes of 2v1 quite a yes, bit. Yes, yes. Alex and I talked about Lynch all the time. Um, we have a special episode about Twin Peaks Season 3, if you want to go back and listen to that. So, Kentucky Route Zero is definitely in that kind of style. And really is the only reason I kept playing it. Um, because I thought that stuff was really cool and well done. Uh, the the game, like I said, is a is is 
It's point and click, but it's not really an adventure game in the traditional sense because you're not solving puzzles, you're not managing an inventory, you're not really doing anything. <laughs> you're doing a whole lot of nothing except really reading text, which is fine. Uh, the game is really well written, the characters are cool, the, like I said, the story is interesting, the setting is really cool because it's set in Kentucky and like the Midwest and the whole game is about like this Midwest malaise and people losing their jobs and getting put into debt and all is this stuff. Is it malaise? Stuff. I think it's malaise. I always read it as malaise. Malaise. Man, okay. Thanks for the grammar um, lesson. Yeah. Uh, it's It does all of that super well. Like it gives you this... I mean, we we grew up. You're still there. We we grew up in Western Pennsylvania, right on the edge of what you would consider Midwest. Like right across the the, the line is Ohio. Yeah, it's Ohio, yeah. For and sure. Ohio is like the la one of the edges of the Midwest. The and Flatlanders. If, yeah. As soon as you drive into Ohio, you're like, okay, it's Farmville, and there's nobody around. And we are we personally were very close to a horrible section of Ohio. <laughs> that is notoriously known for its um, poverty. And, like, we ha we kind of have an experience of, like, what Kentucky Route Zero is about. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, we're, I was able to... Yeah, you, were, you related to I was to able it. to relate to it, you know? And, like, all of that is super good. There's so many interesting things about the game. Like, the development is really interesting. I've been reading a lot about it because the developers themselves, like, the approach to making this game and releasing it in like such a slow pace and they were never really worried about it they wanted to do it that way like it was like when it's done it's done and it's it's cool it's a cool thing i think objectively as far as it being a game i don't know why it needed to be a game like i just played disco elysium last year and disco elysium very text heavy a lot of reading but it at least has gameplay. Like, you are doing things while reading the text that are based on your stats, decision-making, items you might have, all of this stuff that it feels like a game on top of just being a wall of text that you're reading for, like, a long time. Like, that game's, like, 20-some hours long. Kentucky Route Zero is, like, five hours, maybe? And... I got bored. Like, I would get bored in these tiny little things because you're not doing anything. You're really just reading text. Sometimes you run around and, like, click on stuff, but I don't think it needed to be that. And I, I feel like I'm in the extreme minority here where, like, I don't know. It's like one of those, like, what is a video game conversations, which are frustrating. Yeah, what would it be if it wasn't a game? A like short just... film? A short animated film? Or something like it doesn't it has hardly any voice acting so like that that goes away too so like is there you're, animation you're literally yes like there is and like i feel like an asshole because i'm just like throwing eight years of work kind of under the bus and saying like why is this a video game like it yeah you are kind of being i an feel asshole. i feel bad i feel <laughs> bad saying that no, and and like obviously there was a lot of work and care put into it and it's and it's clear and it's done it's done well like i think it's a good thing um but i was just annoyed that it it just didn't do more as a game like the the reason like things like this are interesting as video games is because they're interactive 
Yeah, like yeah, it's an interactive walking, medium. Walking simulators like Gone Home and Tacoma. I loved those games. I liked. I even liked Dear Esther, which is extremely nothing, and you are just walking around and listening to audio logs. I like that because it's first of all those are in first person so like you feel like you actually have agency over the game and then also in like Gone Home and Tacoma like because you're in those situations you feel like you are in that setting like you feel like you have a place in that setting you feel like you have some control over like what's happening and it like it's more immersive Kentucky Route Zero's all zoomed out third person very low res like not even there's no textures on anything it's just flat textures some of the style and scenes are amazing like some of it is really cool looking but more often than not you're kind of just sitting there while like no non-detailed people are standing still and you're reading text and it's weird it's like wh why i i don't i don't get that decision at all like if you're gonna if I know it's easier said than done, but if you're going to spend all this time on a game that's very much about story and there's nothing else going on, get some more voice acting. <laughs> like, even if it's shitty voice acting, I don't, I don't know. Like, I know that's easier said than done, but man, like, I don't know. It just, so, it just, it just bummed me out. Like, because I was like, this is, I, I get what is cool about this, and I do like it, but the act of playing it, I was forcing myself to finish it. And I didn't like how it ended at all, either. Yeah, do you like, think that inf in, is informing your opinion a little more than maybe it ha had it delivered, like, a really, like, drive-at-home ending that you re were really satisfied with? Would you have been, like, maybe more forgiving of the, the, maybe, the medium? Maybe. I mean, we talked about this off-air a lot, and we don't. I don't want to go too deep on it because I want to yeah. talk about board games. But, yeah. like, stories don't need to have a nice, tidy ending. And yeah, I agree this, with that wholeheartedly. And there was and there was no way this was going to because of its surrealist setting. Like a lot of weird shit happens in that game. You are running the whole game is based around an underground railroad kind of thing where people live in in this like and it's like some parallel dimension <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. Um but you have no idea why that exists or anything, and that's fine because that's the whole, I guess, genre of this magic realism. Like, it doesn't matter. It just is. And that's fine. But there were a lot of characters that you, like, grow attached to in the game, and there is virtually no resolution for any of them. None of them. There is no resolution to any of it. And, it, and like, the, the fifth act that came out this year after... Four years since the last one was like 20 minutes long or maybe half an hour. I might have lost track of time. I might be like way underselling it. But still, like, can you I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine waiting for the, the culmination of this. And this is what it was. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. That's what it is. And if you look up this game and look up the critical reception to it, it is absolutely glowing nothing but positive no one i haven't seen a single criticism of this game at all yeah it's kind of it's so. kind of an interesting concept like i, I think what you're saying is valid 100 percent. and you the way you articulated yourself was very well done i applaud you thank you um it, it brings up an interesting question about like i don't know what what is games we don't need to ask that existential question because yeah, who, it's who, it's a dumb tired to find one. it. Yeah, but but like I can sort of see like how 
you know, we don't, this developer or this team or whatever wanted, had this idea for this thing. And, you know, it's not a book, but it's not a movie, but it's not an animated short. Yeah. So, but like, I guess if you're sitting down to play it as a game, it could leave you unsatisfied is what is what the case with you. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting, like as a concept to have this thing that's like a book, but you but it's on a computer that you yeah do you know what there's I mean? visual like that's a whole genre yeah, visual yeah. novels are a whole genre and i have no experience them with them so maybe that's like part of the problem for me personally with this um and 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 there was also a whole thing with this game that like by not playing it as it released you kind of miss out on they did some really weird shit with this game where like you could call a hotline and get updates on like when the next episode was coming out and they had like this whole thing set aside where you could call this phone number and it would give you weird shit. Yeah, like, it just sounds like an experiment like, kind of like a, a different yeah. a different medium like yes. they didn't try to make a game. So, I don't know. I don't I don't have any opinion on it because I have no I don't even know what the game looks like. I've never even yeah. looked it up. We've been talking yeah. about it for 2 weeks and I have not one time even like yeah. plug, plugged it into Google, but I I applaud what they did. I think I think again, it is a cool thing. It's a cool thing that exists. It's it's impressive. The way that they handled it was really interesting. The way that it released was really interesting. I think I overhyped it for myself. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot of this is my hangups, not necessarily a a problem with the game. So I I mean I we know, like Josh, Josh is playing it and Josh is really enjoying it. So I don't know. I just one of those things. That left me yeah. a little disappointed. So it happens. But anyway, yeah. Let's talk about tabletop stuff real quick. Uh, okay. Just before we get into this, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Just kind of to frame this whole tabletop conversation, really in general. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is gonna be like maybe out of left field a little bit, but I think you'll be all right in handling it. Okay. Why did you start two v one in the first place? Um, like what was your intentions or goal or like what oh, made you say I'm gonna do this? You know, what I'm I mean? gonna I'm gonna really pat myself on the back here. There were not enough podcasts doing what I wanted to listen to, so I was so, heavily. So you got into for, podcasts, and then spe- you were like, yeah, mm-hmm. specifically video game wise. Um, plenty of other ones, and, and there might have been plenty doing it that I just wasn't aware of. I got into podcasts because I had just started my job. Like we, I, we had just graduated college. I had just started my job. I had a lot of time, so I would just be sitting at work. And like I listened to a lot of music too. But I was like, oh, I should finally give podcasts a, a chance. Josh and I talked about starting a podcast in like 2009, and we just never did it. The whole which podcasting would, thing is kind of funny. Can you imagine? Like because if we would have started, like- <sighs> if we would have started back then, holy shit! But. I feel like before podcasting, it was talk radio that was big, and like, yeah. talk radio is still big. But I remember, yeah. like in high school, like kids that kids that were a couple years older than us would graduate high school, and then like some of the kids that I knew would stop listening to music in their car and start listening to yeah, like it's, talk it's radio. It's definitely and an adult usually, thing. Usually, it was like political talk radio, yeah. mm-hmm. which yeah. I still have no interest in. But <laughs> I just I listened to plenty of that couldn't fathom like 
how are you not listening to music? Why why are you listening to people talk? And that's and now, funny. Now like this is look what we're doing. What, that's what this medium has become. It's just kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, not to con- continue with your your. That was that was it. Like I started listening to Rogan um, and Idle Thumbs. Uh, rest in peace, Idle Thumbs. Like one of the best gaming podcasts to have existed. Uh, they they are the developers of Firewatch, Walking Dead, um, those guys. Uh, a lot of a lot of people have been involved in that. That have been really involved in video games, and that w- that's what made it interesting was because it was a show by developers about games that had like really interesting takes and was not like a hey this game just came out this week let's talk about only that yeah. game it like was you get more a, you get a from the behind the scenes look on the way things work and stuff that and hey i'm just playing this weird thing and here's here's a super deep dive on the design of it and like what we like about the design of it and stuff and i thought that was really interesting and that's what so, you tried to emulate in your own and and unfortunately, like we had no experience, like we don't make video games, so like yeah. we sound like idiots probably. But the idea generally was, okay, we'll talk about new stuff. But what I wanted and what I tried to do on almost every episode was think really hard about whatever I'm playing. Like it doesn't have to be the new game. It doesn't have to be the high. Like we tried to do that just to stay somewhat current. But like I would talk about like Alex and I would play old ass games. And mm-hmm. like, and talk about them in depth, and no one did that really. Yeah. Like, I, I, I wasn't aware of shows that were really doing that, and I mean, we didn't really get much traction because how do you? Like, but I don't know. That's why I wanted to start it, and that's essentially we're going even deeper on that with Whip Punish, <laughs> well, because which is with, good, which is fine. That's what I've always wanted to do with so. Whip Punish specifically, and with me. Uh, I didn't like try to come in here and take your your baby that you you've grown from a, yeah. a little a little child, um, but I just like I like the deep dive. Uh, yeah, into me too. In, into everything that I that I do really. Yeah, like it's kind of a joke at work because when someone asks me like, "Oh, did you like this movie?" I can't just be like, "Yeah." Yeah, you can't just say I, yes I'm or like, no. I get yeah. like this big, huge thing, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, here's AJ with his analysis yeah. on it." But like, that's just like the way I am, the way I work, and I yep. and I I like the engaging conversation about about anything that I'm passionate about, and that conversation like actually makes me appreciate things more. Yeah, and and that's kind of like why, you know, I like to do this, and. You know, I I think it's important for I think it's important for us as adults to like remain passionate about things. Oh, totally. That you know, you know, I, I work with a lot of like older older people, and you know there's a lot of conversations at work and we bring up things and when i talk about like comic books or video games there's like a lot of scoffing kind of yeah. that happens like oh wait till you have kids or you know stuff like that <laughs> yeah and i just think like for our generation specifically um and and maybe the older generation too if like if if you like something and you and you 
are passionate about that thing, then you should enjoy and like revel in that passion. And this whole like whiff punish and and talking about games and now talking about board games, which is something that we've recently become, you know, like you said at the beginning of the episode, more passionate about. Yeah. It's just kind of a way to like celebrate that and share it. And like I want people to hear that and almost like be like, Oh yeah, it's cool. This it's it's okay to have these these hobbies and these things that oh, yeah. that you like and that you enjoy and it doesn't always have to be something that you're like trying to make into a job. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't have a vision for Whiff Punish to become the Joe Rogan podcast where we're no way. we're making money from it. <laughs> no way. I, I it's just a way for me to engage. It's an outlet. Yeah, engage and and I yep. and I, I like want people to hear that and like kind of have that same thing. And yeah. that's why I stream on on Tuesdays. I've been doing this fighting game stream thing. It's it's kind of like the same like deal. Yeah. I, I I'm not streaming because I want to become ninja and stream to you know, make money and, and become a millionaire with a fighting game stream. I, I just like want people to see me streaming and then go in the stream and be like, Hey, can I play? And then I, then I have people to play with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's all again. That was also the two V one thing. Um, I always wanted to do something with games, uh, creatively somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it Talking about them was the easiest thing. <laughs> I yeah. tried. I tried to write about them for a long time. I would. I would. Tr- I tried doing a weekly blog for a while, and it just was easier to just turn on a microphone and bullshit with people, with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and for those of you that do listen and do share, like, thank you so much. It's it's so cool that you guys do that. Yeah. And we hope that you continue to do that and just, you know, build a community. Like, we want people to f- hear this and. And be encouraged to like play board games and play video games or watch yeah. wrestling or listen to metal or whatever well. the heck, whatever the heck your your interests and your passions are. Like you know, go after that, and it's okay to do that as an adult. You know what I mean? That's yeah. All I'm saying. Uh, I I guess to get a little touchy feely real quick, it we grew a little bit with the Nerdist thing and like some of those fans are like the most vocal and have been the most supportive and have kept up with us the whole time. And it's, I really appreciate it. We got emails for a while that were like really touching and, uh, I, it, it's been awesome. Like d- even just having that small thing is really rewarding. Um, yeah. So thank you. Like yeah. if, if you're a person that's listening to this and you know me and you work with me or you know, Nick and you don't, or you don't know us, yeah, just, obviously our friends that support us too. Yeah, like, but just it, we we want to celebrate things that we like, and this is a way to do it. And we appreciate that you guys want to share in that. And so that's kind of what this whole talk about board games is going to be. Like we've been playing board games a lot. It's a slow time in games. Yeah, and and both of us are people that kind of dig deep on things that we're interested in. And so I feel like you know we could we could share some hey i've been playing this and it's fun and if you like board games or you like tabletop or whatever it is then that's yeah all. That, that's all i really had to say I'm, I'm not trying to get too uh yeah uh, so it's it's funny so like we got i got really into tabletop stuff because of mike from work um who was on the death stranding episode 
and, and I, I wanted really into tabletop because of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted Mike to be on this, and maybe we'll do another one because he has like the whole experience of like watching game like board games had like a renaissance. I don't know, ten years ago. Yeah, and um, became much more, much more of a thing that people were aware of because like when we were younger, we played like bullshit. We played like Monopoly and sorry and like you i would not waste my time with anything like that today not to shit on people that like those games but like if somebody was like let's play monopoly i'd be like no <laughs> i don't want to play that um, let me show you this let's game right let's play here. a lot Cold of other cool Scythe. shit <laughs> yeah let's play like other crazy stuff so like i got really into it because mike i work with and he would just tell me all the time he's like hey we should like play board games and like i kind of resisted it for a while and then we finally just did. Like, he finally just was like, let's do this. And one of those first things was Netrunner. Oh, and, boy. And Netrunner, <laughs> Netrunner is uh, a major part of my life now. Um, and, like, that just then led into, holy shit, I have missed out on so many things. Like, s- this different experience of playing games on the table. There's like, there's such a different like experience sitting around a table handling physical objects with yeah, a group of people. Yeah, it's like such a different communal experience than like playing online games with your friends. It's yeah, it's wild. a it's a huge difference, and it's and it's really fun. And like I just you know like we were just, just spent a bunch of time explaining, went super deep on it, and now it's like all I want to do, kind of <laughs> like all the time. Um, so much that like, I kind of try and for like, we're, we're planning a trip to just go play board games. And yeah. like, I will, like I've done that with other friends. Like I've made friends from Netrunner that I now hang out with because of this shared interest of board games. And like, it's just been like this really good experience. Like it made me closer friends with Mike and I've made more friends by proxy of Mike because of board games. Like it's crazy. And we spent we spent like over a year playing Gloomhaven on Tabletop Simulator. Like it's tabletop just Tabletop like, Simulator, which is a wonderful thing we've mentioned on I, Yeah, I've mentioned on, that and a on, million uh, times. With Punish, but Yeah. I've recently jumped into the Tabletop Simulator. I'm so I glad found a Mac version of it. Yeah, I'm so glad that it actually like so Tabletop Simulator is a game on Steam that if you are thinking, oh, I don't have a computer that can run anything, yeah, you do. Yeah, you, because you my can, computer you can is definitely twelve years old, it. literally yeah. twelve years old, and it's 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 been all right. We ha- we played last night. We played a wonderful game last night. Yeah, yeah. So simulator. tabletop simulator, whether you have a shitty laptop or a, a Mac that's twelve years old, you can probably run it. And if you don't have people to play with locally, but you can play with friends, oh my god, is tabletop simulator one of the best things that exists? It's it's so so great. Um. But anyway, all this preamble, I don't know how you want to really well, talk, like, just pick a game and talk so about you it. Said, you said Netrunner was what first got you into yeah. board games. So give us, like, a, a Netrunner uh, Reader's Digest, like, what is it, what you like about it. Don't spend too much time, but okay. we, we probably talked about it before, but I think just I've, to reiterate. I've mentioned playing Netrunner before, but I don't know that I ever went, yeah, I don't know that I explained it because it was a vi- primarily a video game show, and... No one plays it with me except you. You know how to play the game. Um, yeah, Netrunner is a card game that 
Uh, from the same people that made Magic the Gathering. Originally. Originally, Richard Garfield designed Netrunner. Netrunner used to be a collectible card game with, like, booster packs and stuff, like, 12, 13 years ago. It's really old, actually. And then the current version was Android Netrunner that Fantasy Flight and Wizards struck a deal to make. It's a living card game, meaning you don't buy boosters. All the cards that you can get are just you know where to buy them and how to get Booster, them. Boosters, for anyone that's not familiar, is just like Pokemon cards where you open the pack of random. boosters and it's just random stuff in there. Loot boxes. <laughs> They're essentially yeah, pretty loot much. boxes. Yeah. Um, so Android Netrunner was a shift to make all cards available to everybody at any time, and there's no randomness. So like the pool is everybody's on equal footing, assuming you buy them. Um, but... The game itself is asymmetrical, where one player plays a corporation and another player plays a, a runner, a hacker. Um, the universe is heavily, heavily inspired by cyberpunk, like neuro, the book Neuromancer and I read stuff that like that. Yeah. So that's the general idea. Um, and I just cannot explain how good it is. Like, I, I just think it's the most interesting game because of the asymmetry because of how totally different playing each side is and you have to be able to play both sides and you have to know how to play both sides it's a game about be effective yeah it's in order to be effective it's a game about a lot of bluffing so like i don't like poker i think poker is extremely uninteresting but whenever you put bluffing into something that has like way more in-depth interesting mechanics that have like back and forth between players holy shit is that interesting and i you know i have gone so deep on netrunner like we played it once uh mike and i played it like one time when it was still alive because currently it is technically dead it got canceled um we played it once and i was like holy shit this is awesome but then we didn't get around to like really giving it a chance until a year later and at that point the game was going through its own renaissance. It was getting revived. They were reissuing like a core set for everybody to get back on equal footing and like mess with the mechanics of the game and stuff. And it was so exciting. And I got so into it. I bought fucking everything. I, <laughs> I like the game so much that I went and met strangers at a store, at a board game store Which, to play let with me tell you, on a weekly basis. Who don't know Nick, this is the most ridiculous. I- I would never and, do this for oh anything. Oh my gosh! I can't, I can't. I still can't believe it to this day. I still can't believe that you do this and continue to do this. It's a, it's a, it's incredible. It's amazing, and it's been a really amazing experience because they are now my friends, and I've made good friendships out of those, out of this thing that I just decided to go and play because I really fucking like the game, and it's just been really cool. I still do it. We still do our weekly meetup. I, it's been a, like two years almost consistently every week where I go to the store to play Netrunner and we have like a really tiny crew and we're really trying to keep it going and it's hard and it's a struggle because the game is dead but like the most interesting thing about it is that it has this people love this game so much that when it got canceled a lot of the diehards got together and were like no fucking way is this game dying no way and they made their own organization called Nisei and they are keeping the game alive they they make cards they have artists they have designers they have marketers they do all this shit they are still organizing 
tournaments. There is still a competitive scene. It is crazy. It is so crazy. It's like the most interesting thing that I've ever been a part of. Like, hey, this game's dead. No, it fucking isn't. We're going to keep it going because it's awesome and we don't want it to die. And the way that it died was bullshit in the first place. So, yeah, Netrunner is uh, awesome. And So just just to describe what it is a little bit because you, you kind of didn't do that. but uh, I did. I didn't want to so get too deep into that. As but. the corporation... Uh, but that, I think that's what makes it the most interesting. I guess. I guess. Yeah. As the, as the corporation, you know, everything. You're, each player has a can of cards: the 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 runner, the hacker, and the corporation. As yeah. the corporation, you have agendas that you're trying to advance. Yeah. Um, secret. Secret. Like things. secret plans. Yeah. And so, as the hacker, you're trying to steal those plans. Yep. Okay. So in in order to in order to steal the plans, you kind of have to hack. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, as the as the corporation to block the hackers, you put up ice walls, which always confused me. Why do they use ice walls instead of firewalls? Isn't firewall internet? Uh, that the ice stuff comes from Neuromancer, so I don't remember how they explain it in the book. Um, but I I don't know. I think ice stands for something in the book. Uh, like it's okay. like an acronym. Yeah, probably. So. I yeah. read that book, but I can't remember. It was very technical jargon. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and the game of Net, Android Netrunner is very jar- technical jargony. But yep. It, a lot, it of, makes a it lot cool. of proper nouns. Makes it cool. Um, it adds to the game experience. Yeah. So basically, you're trying to, as the as the corporation, you're trying to shield the your secret plans with walls of ice. And as the runner or hacker, you're trying to get through that ice to steal the plans. And so you yep. have cards that allow you to install upgrades and stuff like that. It'll help you break the ice and the corporation can do traps and stuff. Like it's, it's really interesting in how the game works and, and, and they, they, uh, similar to the way that magic, the gathering works with the different, with the five colors. I don't know if we need to get into magic right now, but there's, we can talk about magic at some point. There's uh there's just different, like identities and and colors that you 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 use as both the runner and the hacker that kind of allow you to play differently. So if we're gonna compare it to fighting games, which is something that people who listen to the show should be familiar with, like different fighting game characters have different abilities and they do different things well. So this game provides that sort of experience with different identities and corporations that like one could be a trap corporation one could be a corporation that's focused on making money yes yeah. hacker could be a criminal so he's like messing things up for the corporation whereas this one is a modder and they install more upgrades than usual and it's hard to explain without yeah like that getting into the reader. nitty-gritty yeah, yeah 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 but it's a really cool game and nick showed it to me and it exploded my love for card games too i don't consider Netrunner to be one of my favorites. I don't really have anyone to play with except for Nick. Um, but I do think it's interesting and I would play more of it. Um, but it kind of led me down a path of Arkham Horror, which is a game yeah. that me and my wife play, which we've talked about on episode before. Yep. Um, and and even, you know, just recently we've been playing Magic. And I, I'm really into the way that game works and the way they use their 25 year history of, yeah. of cards to, 
to make decks. And I, I just think card games specifically uh, work really well for me because they're two player a lot of time, or you can play them two players. Yeah. And with me and my wife, like we can't always get a four player board game out. So right. the card games kind of scratch the itch of, you know, that that gaming that tabletop gaming experience without having people to fill the seats at our table. Yeah. And there's I, several there's several different card games that we've been playing that offer different experiences. We have a, a one called Marvel Champions. Yeah. That is that just came out. Yeah, it just came out. It's made by the same company, Fantasy yeah, Flight Fantasy Games. Fantasy Flight. And for us as Marvel enthusiasts, my wife is a Marvel nut. Uh <laughs> like it's cool to see all those comic book heroes and the way they gamify their abilities and sidekicks and stuff. And and you work together to fight a villain who has schemes in the same way that Arkham Horror is a cooperative game which offers like a nice haunted house eldritch horror story for you yeah. to to play through and you team up with your your fellow investigator to solve mysteries and and to defeat monsters um of the lovecraftian ilk yeah uh and then there's other games that are are competitive where we play against each other like magic or netrunner or there's a game called Keyforge that is similar to Magic with instead of that has you forging keys instead of fighting each other. I don't also really also it. developed by Richard Garfield. Also developed by Richard Garfield, the OG. Yeah. So card games have made a big uh big dent in my life and I uh, I really it's a good medium to get into because it offers like endless you know, you can just keep diving and yeah. diving and diving. Like there's yeah. so much I think that's what buy. that's what I like mo- like I might Mike would get pissed at me a lot. I don't think like real really, but like always says like hey, you know, there's other tabletop things that aren't card games. You know, cuz like I play a lot of card games and like and for some reason I just gravitate towards card games more than anything. Um be- and I, that's been my whole life. I mean, we grew up with Pokemon. Yeah. I I played the hell out of Pokemon. Uh, then I got into Yu-Gi-Oh, and I'm pissed I got into Yu-Gi-Oh because we just skipped Magic, and I really wish I would have got into Magic when I was younger instead. Uh, you had, I had, did, you have, did you have that blue eyes white dragon? I did. Yeah, everybody had that. But like, I got, I went deep on Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, we played the hell out of Yu-Gi-Oh. We went to, we went to play Strangers like once or twice actually when we were That's kids. Cool. When we were kids. Um, but like, then I took a long break because card games specifically collectible card games like Magic and still Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and other stuff can be a money pit, especially mm-hmm. if you're a kid. So I stepped away from it for a long time, and then that was, again, like super appealing about Netrunner was you don't have to buy hardly anything if you don't want to. <laughs> you, could, you could buy the core set and play that endlessly, or you can buy a couple other extra things and pad out your cards and tweak it a little bit, but... Just in general, that's what's really interesting about card games is the deck and building yeah. decks. I like building decks. I always I always did. And so that is endlessly appealing and endlessly replayable as long as you have somebody to play with. Um, with, with traditional board games, which is something I fear constantly because I like them and I really want to play more of them and I've started buying more of them, I feel like sometimes you play a... A, a, a traditional board game like a couple times and then you might never touch it again 
because you know how it works or you've played it with the same people enough that everybody kind of plays the same way. And this hasn't happened yet because I haven't played enough of them, but it just that's that is like the fear. That's the big difference between traditional board games and a card game. So I guess that's why I gravitate towards cards more, though I still do love the traditional board game stuff. I don't um, have that that fear as much. I feel like I won't I won't play any one specific game to the point of I, that's mastery. You, yeah, that's usually the case. Um, I just can't help but think, think about, about it. it that way because. Let me tell you too, man. You know, I've been to a couple board game stores. They offer expansions in the same way that card games offer more and video cards. games. Yeah, the. The expansion for board games is like a really big thing. Yeah, now. it's it, and it's even more ridiculous with like the more modern games that they have now, where it's just yeah. like a game that's successful gets an ex- expansion after expansion after expansion after expansion, it's yeah. just a million ways to uh, to keep experience in a game that you love. So I, yeah. I don't want I don't want to uh, discourage anyone from trying tabletop games because they feel like they can master it. Like, Oh, yeah, no, no, no way. No, I don't intend that to be that way at but all. <laughs> let me ask you a question, Nick. Would you say that Android Netrunner deserves a golf club? I mean, it deserves, like, resounding applause that never ends. Uh, standing, <laughs> standing. It's, it deserves ovation. a standing ovation where okay. nobody ever gets to sit again. Um, I, so, yeah, I just, we can, we can yeah. credit Netrunner for... Uh, the start of our journey to the tabletop. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you want to talk about because I've played. We played a lot of them. Um, I've been to PAX Unplugged twice now, uh, and that just happened about a month ago, two months ago. It was in December. It's in Philly. Um, s- such a cool thing because you can just go. What we do is we just go and sit and play free games. <laughs> we don't go to panels we don't really buy much we don't uh i did a netrunner tournament there this year that was awesome actually like that was one of the biggest turnouts for the scene right now funny enough do they use all the nisei cards and stuff oh in yeah that tournament oh yeah That's oh cool. yeah 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 nisei's keeping the game alive too with like rotation and like what's legal and all that stuff like yeah um but I went to PAX Unplugged, so like that gives you a chance to play things that might not necessarily be out yet or are like hard to get because the the big thing with board games you is they them. they have to be printed, they have yeah. to be produced because they are physical things. And except bo- for Tabletop Simulator, which allows you to right, yeah, exp- yeah. But it's keep going. It's, not it's just like some some games are so like coveted that they sell out immediately and then they have to get printed again. So like, there's a really good chance that you might want to play something that you just have literally no access to. And so like Gen Con is like the biggest tabletop thing in, in the United, in the world, or I think, but it's definitely the biggest thing in the United States. I think it's in the summer in Indiana. Um, and then PAX Unplugged is a similar thing. It's just a little smaller run by Penny Arcade. And, um, I, I think it's really cool. I think it's worth traveling to if if you're interested at all. Um, I get to I got to play a lot of games this year that were really fun. We played one last night that I got to play there, uh, Pipeline, which again I don't know where to start with talking about games. So, well, we can talk about Pipeline since you mentioned it. But I said if I would just say in general, if you have a couple ones that you really like and want to highlight, then I 
I really like Pipeline. Um, we played it last night, so it's fresh in our minds. Yeah, we, in we our played heads. it. We played it on Tabletop Simulator because AJ and I don't live near each other. Um, Sadly, that was one of the that was one of the first games we played at PAX because uh, it came out last year. It came out in 2019. Um, Pipeline is a I think it would be described as a Euro game, I believe, because all you're doing is trying to get the best score with some interaction between the players, but it's not like a head-to-head, like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your units or anything. It's nothing like that. It's a game about building pipelines to run oil through and make money off of oil. <laughs> so if and, you've ever seen one of those, like, pipe puzzles yeah, on, like, like pipe computer... Dreams. Yeah, 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 where you're, like, trying to craft, like, a maze-type thing out of pipes so that your oil can flow from, like, one side to the other. Yep. Like, it's been in video games for a long time where you, it like, was a puzzle the in, pipes or It was a whatever. puzzle in Bioshock, if anybody yeah, remembers yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, this game has an element of that. You're pretty much purchasing tiles to build a long pipeline. Yep. And then you're purchasing oil to feed through those pipelines. And the longer that your pipeline is, the more refined your oil gets. And then you can sell it for more money. So basically, it's like this whole economy system where you're trying to... Build the best pipe network that runs efficiently. And sell the most oil. And and, and there's a whole mess of of mechanics that go into it. With you're you're only allowed to do so much on your turn. You yeah, only very have so much actions. money yep. because you you start very low. So it, it's kind of like you're actually growing this this oil pipe and oil network. And it's I believe I believe the game thematically describes you as an oil baron, and that's what you're trying to become. And it's it's fun. Like it's a fun. It's like so. I've played it physically, and we played it on TTS, and like putting those tiles together to make pipe runs and that's so fun like making the puzzle like the puzzle of trying to make one that you know they they crisscross and interlink and there's different types of oil that only certain pipes can run and like trying to piece that together while having super limited actions to get pipes and get oil and run the oil and whatever it's like this really fun just constant um what should i do next yeah, like decision. like you have so many options every turn, and you can only do like one or two things mo- at most. And it's a fun like, it's a fun just puzzle essentially, like on multiple levels. And again, there's like minor player interactions. So like if if I, I know specifically, I bring up Mike a lot, but like Mike doesn't like head to head games too much where you can screw each other over. This pipeline is definitely a game where you don't need to do that. So like if that's something that turns you off about about board games like pipelines a good one for that where it's just like play your own thing um sort of impact each other a little bit by denying each other like i wanted that pipe or something but that's kind of it and it's cool i i like that game a lot um i've considered buying it many times i think it's like 90 dollars though yeah it's a massive game it it has a ton of cardboard your whole table with uh yeah with game elements yeah it has a ton of cardboard in it so that's kind of why it has it has a lot of components but it's nice it's it has a really nice aesthetic the color scheme is is really amazing it's like minimalist in a lot of ways it's just it's just a really nice product I think I think it's so fun. Like it's a very number crunchy game. Yeah. Like you're doing a lot of math in your head, but it, it's so interesting and it's so fun to me. Like I don't like math. I, I yeah. never have. Yeah. Um. 
And so it's so fun to be like, well, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And we'll just put this pipe here and hopefully it works out. And, yeah. you know, it's it's fun. Like, even, even if I'm not winning, like, it's yeah. really fun to just, I'm just going to just do this and... And and then it's even interesting on on top of that to like watch you like in your decision making process. Yeah. And like, what is his pipeline? Like, why are you? Why are what you is doing his this? System going to look like? Is he yeah. going to take contracts? Is he going to? Yeah. Is he going to r- get a machine to run his pipe so he can get more oil? Or it's just it's fascinating game. Tons of decisions. I want to play more. I do. I do too. And I I might get it now. Um. I, I don't know, but uh, I another like just high level discussion about board games, like being able to watch another person make decisions on the fly is extremely unique to tabletop stuff. Like in, in especially in pipeline, it's like, Oh, like what are, what are you going for? Or like, did, did I like miss something here? Or like, am I making a mistake? Or like, it's it's is really your strategy better than my yeah strategy? like what is your strategy and it's like my really strategy cool. is oh I don't have a strategy <laughs> yeah but even but even then it doesn't matter because no, like I'm that just, yeah like that's that's, that's this what whole, makes it fun that's what yeah, makes like, it fun it's this whole thing with those with games like this specifically like um that's like that's like also interaction in itself that you can't get in a video game yeah. like there there's nothing like that in a video game in a multiplayer video game so um so that's pipeline yeah pipeline. Um, what uh, you said you you started a collection yourself. What are some of the games that you bought that you really like? Like you, if if you had to pick like your favorite two or three games off your shelf, um, well, what's one that you would like just love to demo to one, everybody that comes over? Oh man, so one I want to play more, um, which I just for some reason it just never happens uh, is Inish. Uh, it's I N I S. It is a it's a strategy game. This one is very head to head. Um, it's a strategy game based on Vikings uh, coming to the New World. I, not necessarily like North America. I, I think it's like Iceland Any, and stuff like that. Anything Viking related is already awesome. well. It's super cool. This game is super cool. Um, so it's it's Viking themed. The next about, I heard the next Assassin's Creed is going to be Vikings. Yeah, so you it's hear supposed that to be. That sounds pretty awesome. It's I only like Assassin's Creed games, but damn, Vikings are cool. Oh, I'm I'm very excited to see what that becomes. But like Inish, uh, you are Vikings. You're trying to conquer lands. You're in a new land, and everybody is playing as the leader of a Viking clan. And it's a strategy game where all of the gameplay is based around trying to land grab. So like, um, you're not the, pillaging. Uh, you're you pillage each other. <laughs> you you kill each other by trying to take over the land and rule that land. But it's a game where you are the map starts out really small and as the game progresses the map builds out and you get to place where it is and what it's next to and and who it's next to and then the map just starts to grow and grow as the game goes on and all of the win conditions are based around like holding points on the map. And then you're just jockeying for position the whole game by limited actions again. So the best part about the game, I think, is it's a card drafting game, and the cards are what give you actions. So there's not many cards in the game. So like after like a turn or two, everybody at the table has an idea of what you could do as an option. 
So it makes this, again, like this really interesting thing where you don't know what cards somebody might necessarily have, but you have an idea of things they might try to do to stop you or make progress. And like every turn, you just do a card draft of, I think it's like 15 cards or something. It's not that many. And, um, and you get to like see what you're passing to your neighbor, what you get from your neighbor. And like, there's just this, there's just this information that's put out there that like lets you make informed decisions on trying to grab land as Vikings. And then it limits how combat's done. Like you can only do combat by certain card actions. So you can't just like say, I'm going to move in here and fight you. It's like, you have to do a thing that lets you do that. So it makes combat like much more interesting because it's limited. It doesn't happen. It happens a lot, but it doesn't happen as much as you might think in a strategy game. How's and, combat handled? Handled is it like dice? It's really funny. Or, uh... It's really funny. So no dice rolls. Um, it's uh, it's basically a numbers game. So like, I'm gonna roll into uh, Stonehenge, which is essentially one of the one of the maps. Um, I'm gonna roll into Stonehenge with like three of my clans, and you have four. Um, and the way it works is you have a couple options whenever you whenever you initiate a battle where the defender could take safe haven in a citadel that's on the map because you can build citadels and that lets you protect your clan. Um, so like there's that, there's that potential, then it like limits the number of people you might be fighting and you might not have to actually fight at all because the game has built into it. You could just, Hey, I don't want to fight you. Just let me come in. Politics. And, yeah, you there's can, politics. You can, uh, you can, let's make deals. You can, uh, yeah. Like you could, you could say, I'm moving in here. It starts a battle. However, if you don't want to fight, we don't have to fight. I'm just here. Now, as the defender, you probably never want to let that happen because the game is based around having clans in certain parts of the map. So you're kind of screwing yourself potentially. And, if you let them in, you can't just usually start a clash with them to get them out. You have to play a card that does it. And it's like this cool thing. I Something that we can maybe talk about with other games, I love bullshitting people in, in board games. Like, and Inish is really good at that, where you can like kind of convince somebody of something, or you can attempt to convince somebody of something. And then stab him in the back? Yes. You're, are you a backstabber? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, oh, yeah. you dirty dog. Like, the, the one time... The, the the last time I actually got to play the game because I haven't again I've bought this game immediately and I've only got to play it a couple times. Um, but I played it with Josh and Mike, and me and Mike had played it before. Josh had not played it before, but Josh did fine because it's a. No sim- wonder it's a- Mike doesn't like playing adversarial games with you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't know. But you're uh, a bastard. But um, like again, Josh had never played this before and picked it up pretty quick. So like that's why I wanted to recommend it because it seems a little overwhelming, but it really is generally a simple game and it's really fun. So I was in a win condition and when you're in a win condition, you have to signal it to the table. Otherwise you can't win because you have to give every up everybody an opportunity. It can't be a secret yeah. to stop you. Yeah. Which is great. I love when games do that. And, um, Keyforge does that as well. Yeah. The game we have just talked about. Yeah. Josh, uh, Josh was going to attack me and I and, and he didn't realize exactly how I was going to win because he was unfamiliar with the game and he was going to attack me and I convinced him not to <laughs> by just talking. I was just like, "Uh, you probably shouldn't do that cuz 
I'll probably beat you. Like I can do all of these things. You don't know what cards are in my hand. I could have something that just screws you over anyway. And he was like, okay, okay, okay. And then I won next turn. <laughs> Josh, you gullible. Yeah. You're so gullible. But Inish is great. I really recommend that game. Um, it's beautiful. The artwork is amazing. Cause yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's all cool. like Celtic themed and stuff. So yeah, that's one that I love in my collection for sure. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Uh, I have a game. And since this is a video game themed podcast, uh, I have a game called Flip Ships. And uh, it's it's relative to the video game theme because it's basically Space Invaders. Okay. Um, maybe is Space Invaders. What's what's the difference between Space Invaders and Galaga? Um, Space Invaders is, I think Galaga is you moving through a map and things randomly come at you. I think Space Invaders is like a set the- pattern. Space Invaders is the little ship at the bottom. You move back and forth as the thi- do, as the things come in rows. Like yeah, they come I in think rows. So. I at think you. I could be totally wrong because we're not old enough, and I've probably played it once. But I think Space Invaders is pretty similar to Centipede. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's this. This simulates Space Invaders. Okay. You have um. It's a it's a dexterity game. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Uh, dexterity games like it has you flicking your ships to to attack the space invaders and uh your ships are made of little pieces of cardboard it's like a pog mm-hmm. like member pogs yep and so um you have your ship and then you have like a line of cards that represents the enemy alien ships and all those enemy alien ships have different abilities like some of them they move in different ways so after your turn uh, after you're done flipping all your ships, destroying the enemy ones, they'll move down, and if they crash into the earth, then you take damage. Mm. And there's like a there's like a meter where <clears throat> if you take damage, you you know the little the little flip goes down, and as you take more and more damage, you get more and more ships to use to flick to try and and hit the. Basically, all you're doing is flicking the sh- the ship. Uh, from the table and trying to land it on the cards. Yeah. And it's spaced out. Like, the game board kind of sits to the side of, like, your little play area. So it spaces everything out for you, and and then you kind of line the cards up according to the game board, and, and that's how you know what the spacing is. So you have to destroy all the alien ships, and then at the end, there's, like, a mothership that has <laughs> this... It's cool. It's, like, a cool little cardboard pop-up mothership and you have to like flick it into the mothership and you have to hit it so many times and you only get one chance to do it at the end of the game and if uh, you if you don't get it on that one chance then the mothership zaps the earth and the whole earth blows up and it's <laughs> and you die and and it's disastrous so it's really fun like i played it a couple times with my wife when we first got it and it's really hard it's really hard because yeah. it's hard to be accurate with the with the ships yeah but the way they make up for it is you have like little ability cards and you have like, uh, as you get more ships, they kind of are higher level ships. Like okay. when you take t- 10 damage, you get a level two ship. When you get down to five damage, you get a level three ship. Okay. And, and a level one ship has like an ability where maybe if you miss a card, you'll get the flick again. A level two ship might have an ability where if you hit a ship, 
you can destroy bo- the ships that are both adjacent to it. So you can kill three ships. Oh, one. okay. And then a level three ship might be something like you get to flick it twice. Yeah. Or after you hit it, a ship, you get one chance at the mothership too. So you get two flicks. Just different things like that. Yeah. And you draw those cards out of a deck. So those abilities change with every game that you would play. Mm-hmm. And so... It's it just it, it's really fun. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, that's it's a cooperative. Fun idea. So you're you're trying to help each other do it, and it's just like the sort of thing where like oh we got we got if we don't hit the ship this round it's gonna kill us we're gonna we're gonna and so you're 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 kind of rooting for each other to flick this stupid little pog and, yeah. and hit the ship and and, and it, it puts a little bit of pressure on you and then yeah, because, and, yeah. the, and and like the whole thing with dexterity games is like it's physical like you have to perform a thing yeah. so like that's so it makes it more stressful a little bit. Yeah, and then so someone hits the mothership, and everyone goes, "Yay!" You know, you all cheer, and it's just a lot of fun. And <laughs> yeah. I have yet to beat the game. Yeah, that's awesome. On the, on the standard difficulty, we have not beat it yet, <laughs> and uh, it's cool. I want to play more of it. I'm excited to show it to you guys because it's like a real little, like thirty dollar game. It has yeah. really cool art, and uh, it's it's a neat little thing. So, yeah, I uh, I never even like knew what dexterity games were until this packs or past packs. Um, we played one called Tokyo Highway, which, yeah. uh, which I sh- we showed to Josh and Josh immediately bought it. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's totally different than flip ships, but it's still a dexterity game because you, you have to like place things and it's stressful because you can knock things over. But the game is based, the, the premise is you're building roads in Tokyo which I guess the idea is that Tokyo is really congested and has roads and highways everywhere, which I don't know if that's even really accurate, but um, it is made by Japanese people, so it's funny. Uh, but Tokyo Highway is like you're placing, you're building roads and trying to place cars on the roads, and the cars are your points. And in order to score points, you have to you have to crisscross other players' roads, whether under them or over them, and when you do that, you get to place a car. So the game is built entirely out of the players. There's no map. You just have pieces. You have popsicle sticks, and you have these little, um, like, wooden dowels that are chopped up into little circular pieces. And you just build up and up and up, and you're crisscrossing all these roads, and nothing is holding it together. It's all just stuff stacked on top of stuff. So if you're a shaky-handed person, you can easily just make it all go crashing down. <laughs> and when that happens, it's it's funny. And two, you're supposed to like pay the, the... The mechanic part is you're supposed to pay the other player in construction materials, so you lose things to build with, and it hurts you later in the game. Mm-hmm. And so, like, nobody wants to knock anything over, but in order to score points, you have to make things really crazy and dangerous and crisscrossing and all this stuff, and it's just really fun. It's a fun, quick little thing. It doesn't matter if you fuck up and knock everything over because it's just, it's funny, and you just play again if it's, like, really disastrous, or you try and set it up again, which is a whole nother funny thing because you gotta, like, remember where things were, and you just watch the person struggle and just, I don't know, it's... It's a good thing. I think that's also a relatively new game. Um, and at PAX, they had, like, a big version of it. Like, you could play, like, standing around the the board and picking up bigger pieces and bigger cars. We didn't get to do it. I wanted to do it. But that's, like, a thing at board game conventions, I guess, is, like, bigger blown-up versions of, like, games that. like this. 
They have that at festivals a lot, actually. Too. Yeah. Like I think Catan is a is a common yeah, one. Yeah. 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 Tokyo Highway though, another dexterity it, game. Highly that recommend. That highlights like one of the things that I've found to really enjoy about board games as opposed to video games is like I'm a com- I'm really competitive. I'm a competitive person. Oh, yeah. That up brings up the sports. other point. Yeah. And um I for some reason when I play board games, like I want to win. I am competitive when I play board games, but yeah. I am so much better with board games at just like playing the game to experience it and if I lose like well, it was yeah. fun to play. Yeah. And it's easier, I think, to do in board games than it is in video games. For some yes. reason, in my head, no, it is. I don't, I don't know what the the reason is, but um, I, I've I've been way better at just playing the game to have fun since I started playing fighting games. It's kind of it's teaching me to to learn to uh, enjoy, just enjoy the, experience. the experience as opposed to having to win every time. Yeah, because like in fighting games, it's brutal. You get you get your butt kicked a lot. So if you don't learn to yeah have fun while you're playing you kind of just don't have fun yeah but just in my in my young adolescent board game tabletop life i've discovered that i enjoy the the process of just learning and playing the game as opposed to having to win all the time a lot more yeah uh that when when i mentioned earlier like the high level board game thing i wanted to talk about this exact thing uh I, i forgot um I also went because like they're still relatively a new thing for me. Um, I just want to play them. Like I don't care if I win. Uh, I am competitive. I I try to win. Um, and I have won quite a few that I've played. But yeah, subtle flex there. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out there. But <laughs> I for don't... all the people that play boards games with Nick, they're all listening to this now. Like, oh, you bastard. You I mean, not, that's not necessarily always true, but I, I am proud of some of the ones I have won because it's been like really hard fought. But like the, the point is with board games and you already made it, like you can just have fun with them by losing where in video games, I don't, it's, I can't it's really, defeating to lose I can't sometimes. really think of a good example of a video game that feels good to lose in. Like when you're playing multiplayer, um, I, I, I'm struggling to come up with one where a board game, I am there to just play with the things, try and make something happen. And if it doesn't, oh, well, and like, I'm still doing a thing. I'm still like making stuff happen. I'm still, I'm still playing with friends. It's like a communal thing and whatever. And it's fine. It's fine. If it doesn't work out, I don't care. And like, that's again, very unique to this, this lesson needs to be learned and applied to other, other parts. Like, I want to get to the point in video games where I can do this as well as I can do this with board games because it'll just it'll just lead to more fun. Like yeah. it's only going to be better. Right. And so, play board games, learn to lose, and have fun. Learn to lose. Apply yeah. it to your life. You'll live a better life. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. So I I had an experience the other day playing another game that I have actually yet to really have with a with a crew, and it was really frustrating. Um. I we we tested out a game called Oath, which was a recent Kickstarter that I backed. But they did a they did a really cool thing where they let you print the game out and test it prior to the Kickstarter ending, which is fucking awesome. And they released the tabletop simulator thing, so you could test it and give it a chance before you kick kickstart it. Which 
I appreciated so much because I wonder if that has to do with like their play testing process too, and how they narrow out like which cards or, or abilities I, or whatever need to be mixed from the game. Yeah, or like they can get or manipulated. Yeah, they can get more feedback because like yeah. the way that the way that board game demoing works is it's printed in limited quantity and only shows up at like conventions, and only so many people can play it because you have only so many versions of it. Where other games have done this like they try they give you a print and play version um but specifically with this one it was in order to fund the game so like it was really cool because it's back it's feedback it's getting getting an idea of what the game's going to work like and if you want to buy it prior to it ever being available because it's not going to come out for another year and it was a really cool thing and i really appreciated it because my one netrunner friend who i play a lot of stuff with went above and beyond and printed everything and laminated it and all this stuff. And it was like, we were basically just playing the game, but like one person at the table, we were all learning this game. Nobody knew how to play it. And it took us forever to play. And one person at the table got pissy at the end. Cause they were getting, they were losing. And it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like relax. This isn't even a real game yet. We're learning it together right now. And it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you lose. It's not a big deal, <laughs> you know? And so, like, that was just, like, really eye-opening. It's like, oh, wow, I really am glad I don't play that way because that would suck. I don't think I would really get into them if I approached yeah. it all that way. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's important. You got to learn to have fun, man. It don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go – I'll give one more uh... – I guess recommendation or just one more spiel and then maybe you can do one more and then if if you guys really like this episode there's certainly more games There's plenty more to talk about and yeah. So just just let us know how you feel about it and then you know we'll we'll react accordingly. Um but the last game I want to talk about uh is just new in my collection. Uh, I actually let my wife pick it out because you know she, I I'm the one that's making her play all these <laughs> Hard, hard to, uh, hard to learn card games. So I gotta let her have some, have some, have some of her fun too. Yeah. And uh, so we got a game called Copenhagen, and it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's, we bought this big deluxe edition. It has like ten instruction books booklets in it that are all in different languages. So the like deluxe version of this game is like supposed to be multilingual, and it's a kind of a cool game because. There's like no text anywhere. Everything is picture based, so it doesn't matter what language the box or the the game is in, because it doesn't have yeah words. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically uh, the theme is supposed to be uh, like a, a town. It's like a little seaside town, okay. And if you picture this little seaside town from the water, like you're on a boat. Yep. You want? I want you to picture these like little cream. <laughs> colored like cream and pink and blue pastels pastel colored like buildings yeah and they're all like picturesquely like right next to each other on the water okay so it forms this like postcard looking picture yeah with like all the all the flowers in the windows and everything so the game challenges you to build the best like single picturesque building like that and the way that you do that is you have your boat that you're supposedly on and you flip out like seven cards that go all around in a circle of the boat and each each turn you're allowed to take two cards 
the cards have to be adjacent to each other. You can't just pick two random cards. Okay. So I'll take two cards, and then you from the draw deck, you just replace the two cards that you took. And so you're you're getting a hand of cards, and then you can either you can either draw from that that deck that that uh, the laid out area. You can take two cards, or you can spend the cards that are in your hand on a tile that will go onto your your board piece. You have your own board piece that is basically your building that you're building. Okay. Your little picturesque yep. villa. <laughs> I don't know what the word facade. It's a they call them facades in the instruction booklet. I don't know what. That oh, is. that's what you're doing in that game. You're not building a building. You're building the the like veneer of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what do you mean by veneer? You're an engineer, so I guess you're the one that yeah, should Yeah, fa- facade, veneer, like brick, brick is veneer, stone, okay. vinyl. Yeah, so you're just like putting up the colored wall in the front of the building. Okay. Right? And so Interesting. you get you're you're spending your 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 cards in your hand to buy a tile that you can place on your yeah. on your building. And so if you have 3 cards, if you have 3 pinks, then you get a, a tile that's 3 blocks. Okay. And the I want, the tiles look just like Tetris pieces. Yeah. Okay. So they're all different shapes. You know, you have two t- two block tiles, you have five block tiles, yep. you have and they're all like Tetris block pieces. And so you're basically just trying to score points and the way you score points is you complete a row or a column. Okay. Of of your facade. Yeah. So there's not a ton of like player interaction in terms of like I'm messing you up. You can take the cards that that I wanted on my turn from the board. Yeah. But other than that, you know, you're you're kind of just placing your tiles trying to get the best you know, the best facade. I don't know how to I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah. But the the, when, the prettiest when you cover the prettiest up, cup yeah, front yeah, of exactly. your building. <laughs> And you get bonus points for like a, a row of full windows or a column of full windows. So there's like some incentive into how you arrange your tiles so that the windows are all lined up. Yeah. And then once you cover up specific spaces on the, the mat that you have, you'll get bonuses that can like maybe one turn you can put two tiles instead of instead of one tile. And like that gets used once and then okay. you're done. And so there's this whole like small decision-making process of, you know, how should I build this out? Should I draw more cards this turn? Should I take the cards that I know you need? Um, and it's just a fun little like thirty minute game yeah. that ends ends when you know there's a there's an end game card essentially in the deck, and once you pull that end game card, then the person with the highest points wins. Yeah, and so it keeps the game from getting too long like long and yeah it's just a nice little my my wife loves tetris she like loves tetris so like yeah is the tetris pieces of the the tiles on her on her board is like something that was really appealing to her and and we played it a, a couple times and i think it's really fun and creative and i really like the aesthetic of like the little picturesque town yeah it reminds me like my brother went to the naval academy so we spent a lot of time in um annapolis like and on ships and stuff and like that kind of setting is hmm. very reminiscent of you know some places that I've spent a lot of time in. So yeah, it's it's just kind of a neat little thing and uh, anyone can play. It's like a quick five minute. It'll take you like literally two minutes to learn how to play the game. And yeah, I like um I like a couple games similar to this where and uh, there, that that mechanic of like tile placement that's like Tetris piece shaped is more prevalent than I ever realized. But it's it's fun. 
Um, we've talked about it before, but like one that I really like and played recently um, is Baron Park, which is just you build a bear, you build a park for bears, <laughs> like pandas or grizzlies or uh, polar bears. <laughs> but it's it's just one of these games. It's a quick playing grab tile pieces that build out your park and you want to like fill in your park as efficiently as possible with these tile pieces and i really like that i really like i i've been trying to give like quicker games more of a chance because like i like getting really invested in games i'm the i'm the same way i like i like some meat that i can like think and strategize yeah i like that too but you don't always have time for that yeah yeah exactly like you gotta kind of Everybody kind of has to be like, all right, we're doing this. You know, we're doing this for like two plus hours, if not longer. And so, like, I like these little quick games that are like palate cleansers. Um, And like that's Copenhagen sounds like one. Baron Park definitely is. Baron Park only takes like 30 minutes also. Yeah. Um, and, And it's fun. Like trying to like learn that side of board games is really fun. Like just looking for quick little things. Um, Like I got one that i love this i can't wait to show it to you guys um there's a developer there's a japanese developer called oink games that makes i know i know what that is yeah did you watch the shut up and sit down thing for it yeah yeah, yeah. uh shout out to shut up and sit down such an amazing yeah if you're if you're interested crew. in board games yeah that website shut up and sit down they have a website it's so well organized i yeah. love the way their website works where you can like pick what type of games you like and it'll have all these suggestions for you and their really YouTube funny channel Really good reviews on YouTube. Really yeah, funny. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so if you're in, if you're into games, and that's definitely an uh, a resource you need to look yeah. into. Shutupandsitdown.com. Yeah. So. Um. But anyway, Oint Games. I they they make these little tiny products that are they they're literally the size of like a deck box, and it's a whole game inside the deck box. And I bought one of them, and it's like takes like 10 15 minutes to play and it's a fun little thing and it just all fits in this tiny little box and it's like really satisfying to take it out here's this whole experience in this tiny little box and put it all the way in this tiny little box and the game's fun too um and they're usually cheap uh sort of it was like 20 some dollars which i was surprised by but you it's quality like the the components are nice um, they're all coming in like pre-punched, like a thing with board games is you have to like do a lot of setup when you first get them. Um, but it's worth it. It's, I got startups, the game is, that I got. Um, it's, it's like you're, you're playing as investors in start like tech startup companies. And it's this fun, quick little card game where you're just trying to be the biggest investor in a company while other people are forced to invest in that company and hopefully you have the biggest investment and they pay you at the end. And it's like, it's a great in-between or end-of-the-night thing. It's like, at Netrunner, the other, last night, we were like, or the other night, we were, we, d- we did our couple games. Netrunner is an investment. It takes a while to play a game usually. And um, at the end of the, t- like two weeks in a row now, at the end, we just, let's play a couple hands of startups and that's it takes 10 to 20 minutes for like two games and it's just a nice little end like top of the evening thing or you can take it with you it's so small you can take it with you to like the bar <laughs> like you could play it at a bar and it wouldn't be a big deal at all it's just like a card that's cool. game yeah that's kind of a cool idea i've never like thought of that i we should dude it's it's awesome like um 
there's a there's a bunch of games like that. Like I I got you Railroad Inc. Yeah. Essentially, you could do that with Railroad Inc. It's a small. Yeah. It's a relatively small sized box. It's a quick playing game. It has like no components, and it's really fun. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Keeping us under two mi- two hours here, partly yeah. because I know people don't want to listen to us talk for more than two hours, but also because my computer is so old that it will not that's hold right. a, a sound file yeah, that's, that's more right. than two hours long. Yeah. So one more game for you, and then uh, okay, one re- one more last recommendation for our oh, excited listeners. Um, I I I have one that I want you to talk about, but if you don't want to talk about si- it, then is I, it Scythe? No. Oh. I would I. I would go quacks if I. But okay, yeah, I, I think that was actually what I was gonna say. That was the debate you were having in your yeah, head. Yes. Scythe or quacks? Yes, uh, quacks of Quedlinburg is um a really fun, like potion brewing bag builder where the whole premise is you are like alchemists trying to brew the best potion at this like meetup of alchemists or something, and um, I, I always pictured as like the Renaissance fair. Yeah. Or like, or like the scene in um, the scene in uh, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Flick Street, where Sasha Baron Cohen, he's like this barber, and he has like all these. He has the it's it's the miracle elixir. Does it in a trick, sir? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't remember. I saw that movie once. He but... has like these these vials that are essentially pee in the vials that people are supposed to rub on their heads and okay. it makes their hair grow. So he's like a, he's a quack. Yeah. You're, really. you're, yeah. The reason it's called quacks is you're like shilling snake oil, essentially like bullshit, yeah, yeah. like nothing potions. Yeah. So the whole game is, um, like a deck builder where you're slowly building cards and making a deck and stuff. This game is a bag builder where you're buying little components for your potions and you're putting it into a bag and you're blindly drawing it from the bag to build your build to brew your potion and it's just so fun it's it's such a fun game i've played the hell out of it i think it's probably my most played game i've introduced it to so many people because i played it first with one of my netrunner friends he was like hey i got this game it's really cool we learned it. We played it twice. I was like i'm buying this immediately i bought which is exactly the experience i had yeah i bought it immediately And I've showed it to plenty of people now. Everybody universally loves it. I bought it for my niece and nephew. They loved it. It's just really fun. Again, another relatively quick playing game. Probably like a little long, like 45 minutes to an hour. Depends on how comfortable everybody is with the idea of it. Um, But yeah, Quacks of Quedlinburg. So fun. I highly, highly recommend that game. Um, it's, It's got a really nice aesthetic, nice artwork. Putting stuff in a bag and pulling it out is just fun. <laughs> like the 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 basic thing that you do in that game is just fun, no matter how bad it goes for you. So yeah, and it's fu- it's fun watching the people that you're playing with get excited or get really pissed at the yeah. at the 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 potion component they they pull out. And you're like, no, it's not the what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Like the it's, things that you're good. pulling out have abilities and do special things and whatever. So like it's it's neat. And it has a ton of replayability, like all these different variations that you can do with it. Yeah, it's awesome. That game's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. I agree. I would give it the golf clap. Quacks of Quedlinburg. I'd give pretty much everything we talked about golf claps. Yeah, so so would I, but I didn't want to be golf clapping the whole episode. Yeah. Gotta, you know, you know, gotta, can't yeah. be giving it out too willy nilly. It, it devalues, true. it devalues the award. That's you know true. I mean? That's true. 
But um, yeah, I guess yeah. For sake of time, uh, we sh- we should wrap this up. Uh, if if you enjoyed this, let us know. Thank you for listening. Um, we got a little bit of feedback on. I I just put it out there on Twitter. Like, do you like board games? I know some of our listeners do. They responded. Thank you. Thank you for responding. Yeah, you guys um, are awesome. We'll uh, we'll probably talk about this again because I again I still want to get Mike in here because he has way more experience with it too. Um. And just we're it's a thing that board games are a part of my life now. So like I'm gonna be playing them all the time. Um, so if 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 you want to hear about them, we'll talk about them. Um, but that I think is gonna do it. Next episode will probably be about video games. <laughs> Maybe. I gotta play some more video games. I, I finally finished Fire Emblem. Finally. Yeah. What an amazing game. Amazing. And I'm like at the tail end of Death Stranding. I'm really like working through the grindy part of that ending. I just need to get through and then I'll I'll have a clean palette. I can't wait to start play some new games. I've been yeah. itching to to start Star Wars uh oh, Fallen right. Order and there's I I really want to play Gears Five and I'm 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 looking forward to new games. I just I promise we'll get there. Yeah, I same. Like I'm I at least had those two to talk about, but it's been a slow start to the year for me. I'm just playing the same stuff. I'm still playing. There hasn't a lot of been like here. a ton. There hasn't been a ton out really. No, which is new good. wise. So yeah, which is good. It's been letting us catch up on our our backlog a little bit. Yep. So. Yep. But uh, again, thank you. We we appreciate you guys so much. Really do, and uh, we'll be here. As long as you keep listening, yeah, I, I I want this outlet for my my passions to uh, I, I want to be able to to deep dive into these things and uh, it's it's fun and I and I like it and I'm glad other people at least pay attention enough to, yeah to pay attention you know what I mean yeah yeah thanks for sure um I think until next time I have to uh, I have to plug one thing before you say goodbye okay. Because since we talk about being passionate about different things, my wife has a blog, and it's it's very similar in in what her focusing goal is. You know, she likes she likes nerd culture and geek culture, and so her popcornerreviews.com blog has been doing really well. She's she's really working hard, and and I I say that I, I say that as as her husband. But I'm I'm proud of her, and I would appreciate your guys' support for that too. So it's it's yeah. kind of a neat thing. So check it out. Yeah. Not uh, to get too sappy. This has been a sappy episode. Yeah, it has been a little bit of sappy, but it's okay. Uh, and and I'll just mention real quick, we're streaming on Twitch sometimes. AJ every Tuesdays, uh, every two tu- most Tuesdays. Twitch.tv slash AJ Suave, and then I'm at Lost in a Contraption. Uh, at least once a week. <laughs> it's Sometime. I would like to do it more, but it's at least once a week. So, um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Until next time. See you, guys. Peace. Lost all my money, but
Okay. 